Well, hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Revelation Wellness Podcast. My name is Elisa Keaton, and I want to take a minute to shout out to all of you who have purchased our RevWell Couch to 5K program, and you have been at it for the last week or so. Some of you just started yesterday, and you are tagging us and telling us how God's already using it in profound ways. It's just so exciting. And I love the fact that you are gonna commit to 10 weeks and it's doable. It is doable and watching you guys do it and traveling and journeying along with you, I just love it. So thanks for tagging us, keep tagging us, keep telling us what's going on and how God is moving. All right, today, oh, and for those of you that don't know about the 5K, you can swipe up, purchase the program, look into it. It's available all the time. It has no start and end date. It's just always available on our website. With the weather getting better at summertime, we hope that this will be a blessing to you. Today, I am having an awesome conversation with my friend, Francie Winslow. Francie was on the podcast, and I will link it here. We'll put it in the show notes the last time she was here. And we talked about deep work. Did you know that podcast is one of our most downloaded and listened to teachings or, or conversations. And honestly, I know why, because as I sat down with Francie again to talk about sex and marriage, oh my gosh, get ready, just get ready. I know why, because when she speaks, rivers flow. So get your pen, take notes, ladies, ladies, get ready. This is a good message. Honestly, there is no shame here. I, uh, went really honest and vulnerable and raw with y'all on this topic because this is part of our well-being, our sexuality and how it is expressed inside marriage. It is amazing, it is a gift, and Francie gives it to us today. She gives us the gift. So if you've never listened, this is the time to listen. Let Francie unlock something in you. Okay, swipe up on the show notes to find more about Francie. She has a podcast as well, just doing great things. Stay connected with her, and thanks for hanging out with us here at Revelation Wellness. And once again, thank you to our partners, our donors who run on mission. You make this possible. Thank you for helping us spread the gospel through the tool of fitness and wellness. I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Francie, we're doing this. I'm so excited to introduce you to the Revelation Wellness community, but I have a feeling so many in the community already know you. Did you know the podcast you and I did a few years ago on deep work? Remember oh. that one? Oh, yeah. That is still one of our most downloaded podcasts. So you, you guys, we'll put it in the show notes if you want to swipe up and hear that episode of deep work. But here's what I know about Francie. She speaks and I listen. Hmm. True story. Um, well, yeah, let's just tell us a little bit about yourself, Francie, maybe how you remember us, our paths crossing. Yeah, well, I was um, privileged to speak at the Declare Conference several years ago. I know it was several years ago because my little girl, Mary Frances, was a newborn and I had her with me. She's turning six. So it was just about six years ago. And um, I was speaking on freedom and inner healing and you were there doing your rev well thing, you know, getting everybody freed up. And it was like just two 
paths colliding where we um, were at heart connection. And just, you said something to me, Elisa, and I think I might've even mentioned this in the other podcast, but you said, you know, I want to come alongside you and cheer you on. And um, we just set, when you said that it set something free in me, because I, as a woman and just longing to follow the Lord had never really had another woman come beside me. Who's a few steps ahead of me say, I want to be for you. I want to cheer you on. And Mm. the start of a really powerful friendship one that has borne tons of fruit in my life and in my family's life. So, yeah. so true. So exactly the same for me, for sure. Although we live literally a, a country apart because you're over in Washington, right? Washington. So we're in the D.C. area. D.C., yeah. yeah. And I'm over here in Phoenix. But thank God for Boxer. Yes. <laughs> Feels like That's how totally. I'm so, so... Um, encouraged by who you are, Francie, and the fact that I would, yeah, be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna encourage that girl all the way because your message at that time, and you still do it so well, is that wholeness, that integration, the freedom story. Like you, you taught, you saw from a perspective then that I was, I was seeing, and not many people were talking, and so I was like, I'm gonna cheer and fan this flame all the way because. Um, it's at that time, six years ago, it was still, you know, not so much. And I think still we, a lot of people are still trying to figure out what does the body have to do with everything? And, um, you know, kind of still a little bit pat revelation wellness head and they're like, well, that's nice little weight loss program you got going on. I'm like, no, it's so not. And so Francie, the more, once we met, I started reading and following her blog. And at that time, just what she was feeling passionate about. And you had told me at that time that the, um, the idea of sex and marriage, you're like, I just feel like God's given me something to carry there. And maybe at sex and marriage, like I was like, that is a wholeness part of us that no one talks about. And we recently just had our first ever marriage retreat for those of you that are listening. And um, yeah, we were so excited because we've had a lot of people, what happens is our instructors come through training or people come to rev on the road and primarily women generally tend to, be thinking in group fitness um, fashion. So we have a lot of instructors come and they want their husbands to taste this too. And so we always get that feedback. And so we've had our first marriage retreat and it was fantastic. It was so powerful. It was definitely the heart of Rev for freedom and restoration in marriages and just beautiful. It wasn't like we didn't teach people. We didn't like put the women in one room and the men in another room and tell them, you know, we came together. We really said, this is a side-by-side work we do, uniquely different, but integrated together. Um, And the one thing, though, at the end of the conference, someone raised their, or we got some feedback. We asked for feedback. And they're like, I kind of wish there was something on on sex, like anything with sex. And I'm like, yes. And as soon as they said that, Francie Winslow, we need to have a conversation with Francie. So Francie, tell, tell a little bit about your heart for that and like what you feel God's been showing you. Yeah, well, um, I think that I, uh, just a bit about my background, I think I have told my story in several different places, but if you haven't heard it, I grew up in the church and kind of that same idea, like if you can hit all the cylinders and be a good Christian and going for God, even and being radical, but there's this one area that is hard to talk about and it's hard to, um, 
to even know how to talk about it in a way that's honoring to our hearts and our processes and to God's heart. And when we all have different experiences about it, I think it can kind of be this thing we just dance around. And so I, I grew up in um, the abstinence movement and was actually a purity speaker as a teenager. God had wait, say that again. A purity what? A purity. I was in a, a part of a purity ministry when I was a teenager. Okay. Um, okay. My mentor was a purity conference speaker, talking to girls about identity and their bodies and purity. And I had been arrested by God's love and captivated by Him, and wanted to only live for Him. And I met her, and she took me on as her little helper. And I got to travel with her and share some of my testimony. And I realized God was forming this heart of. Um, sexual identity in me before I knew that it was going to be a part of a big part of my calling. And, um, I got married when I was 20, I had done mission trips all over the world and realized I really wanted nothing more than to live for Jesus. And then he brought this, um, godly man along my path and we proceeded to, um, follow God together all the way to Sri Lanka, the first year of our marriage and ended up living there for, after the tsunami of 2004 and while I was there, I remember writing a lot because I had a lot of spare time on my hands um, as we were working on this project. And there was very little electricity and limited um, limited things for me to do as, as his helper in that project. So I started writing about marriage and my questions and about God's heart and praying into it. And one of the biggest places that I was struggling was... I remember everybody saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it when it comes to sex and marriage. But I never heard anybody say, A, how to do it really, but more importantly, how to think about doing it. So our Mm. first year of marriage, I really started seeking God's heart, read tons of marriage books and realized that a lot of marriage books weren't telling me the core of what I really longed to hear was what I believed had to be true, that there's a bigger narrative to sex. There's a bigger behind the scenes story to our bodies. There's something more than just be a good wife and it's your duty to meet your husband's needs. Um, Because I think that's kind of the vibe I was getting from a lot of resources, which so much of those things were good. But that part stuck with me of, I think there's more to it than just be a good wife. Because the vibe I got all along was it's kind of a wife's duty and a man's need. And Mm -hmm. I think that is completely unbiblical and untrue. Mm -hmm. And there's a theology to our bodies. And so we've been married for 15 years now. And over the course of these 15 years, God has graciously taken me by the hand one step at a time. And led me deeper into his heart as he's been leading us into healing, inner healing, letting go of our old baggage, losing our weight, as you love to say, Mm -hmm. um, letting him heal us on all the levels, as well as bringing us closer together in the bedroom, because every bit of it matters. And every bit of it has to do with the multiplying power that he wants to move in us and through us, through our bodies. Mm -hmm. It's not just for the ministry outside of our homes. It's the ministry of our bedrooms because that is directly linked to what is possible in our homes. It shifts the culture of our homes. So I think that's a, a bird's eye view that it's it's about our bodies being temples of God so that everything we do becomes a God revelation, including sex. It's not this taboo topic. It's a garden gift from the beginning. Okay. I have two questions on that. One, I want to back up because you mentioned purity culture. Yeah. Um, I, I was not in the purity culture. (laughs) I definitely had no idea it even existed. I was not, this is my life pre-Jesus. I've shared it very openly, which is why I know the, the bait and the lie of Satan of how to use your body to control or get men's attention. So I know 
dangers of that. But I also, as I've been a follower of Christ now for 20 plus years, I've met people that grew up in the church like yourself that came through the purity culture. And I actually have quite a few people that have left, like they're done with Jesus. They are not doing it anymore. And they felt like the purity culture set them up for, you know, there's a bigger story behind that. Literally, there's other things the Lord's working out, but would, what would you say, was there a backfire for the purity culture? Do you think there's something that has been a, a whiplash because of that culture that grew, that you grew up in? You know, I think the truth is I, I'm grateful. I think there was a grace on my life that I, I clung more to Jesus than a culture. And so he shepherded me through that. And I think it, it gave me something to aim for because I, I wanted something to believe like, oh, there's a different path than just giving my body away all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there was good. And I think it helped me see the group that I was a part of was really about knowing your value. It was less about don't do it. Don't, you know, it was more about mm-hmm. identity. So I was grateful that God hooked me up with really quality people. I think in general, though, the purity movement was probably more rooted in shame and this mis- and, a, and really just a lack of theology of our bodies. And it's more about yeah. the externals, what you do. And so what's rude, yeah. what's missing is the root system of our underground theology where we're, we were maybe so concerned about what's on the outside, what we did. But really yeah. what matters is um, this root system of this understanding of being image bearers and this garden call that he marked our very bodies with his image because he wanted to indwell in us and move through us, even, mm-hmm. even in sex, especially in sex. Like this is his idea. It's not, uh, it's not a, an idea that it was the devil's that God's trying to clean up. It was God's idea. And it was his joy to give this unity because everything about being an image bearer is that we see it, but it points to something invisible. So it's the idea that something visible can reveal something invisible. That's what it is to be embodied and to be image bearers. And so our gender being a male is a good thing. If you're a man listening to this, I celebrate you. I love Mm. men. Be a strong man of God. And if you're a woman, I celebrate you. I love that you're a woman. I tell this to my children. You're a boy and it's good that you're a boy. Mm. You're a girl and it's good that you're a girl because even gender is this gift of God. He made the male and female in his image because these visible attributes of our body and even our gender and even this gift of two becoming one are God. And it takes us deeper into God's heart. And I think that's where the abstinence culture and the purity movement missed it a little bit because we were more concerned with exterior um, behavior than a structure of theology that really inspires us to see more of God. Amen. And also just kind of like helps people understand the bigger bigger why. Like I've, I've explained this to my kids of why, you know, I now understand what the cost was that, that I, that I paid because of it. And that, that the, the intermingling of the souls and the heart and the ties and like how it just, it, a part of you and actually it says in scripture, what we do with our bodies in sin is actually a sin against the body. Like you, you mark it, you carry it in a way that it, it stays with you other than something that, you know, a belief or a word that you say it's the, there's the body carries such, um, a response with it and a weightiness to it. So I try to tell my kids as the gift that it is and that it's a gift and there's a value to it. And here's why not just do it. Because I clearly heard that growing up. Don't do it. Don't do it. 
don't be, my mom would say, <laughs> there's a word. I don't even know if anyone knows this word, but it's floozy. Like, don't be a floozy. I would remember hearing that all the time. Don't be a floozy. I'm like, okay. Um, so, but why, why, what is, what is there to gain and give me that greater, that greater gift of why? So I now knowing what I know about the body and knowing how integrated it is as part of my mind and my soul. It's why God doesn't compartmentalize those. He says, give me all of you, heart, mind, soul, strength. They all will flow together. Um, so when I first met you and you told me like, this was your, and I'm going to, I'm going real ready, Francie. And I think you'll probably remember this because we've had this discussion before, because we sit here before you as two people with very different experiences. Francie managed by God's grace to come through the purity culture, looking like she said, she didn't cling to a culture. She clung to Jesus. I came through the culture of like surviving a battle zone through my home and just didn't know what purity meant. So there's definitely, and I can say that there's definitely, I'm going to get real, real here because I want someone to be set free that hears this. There's still, I wonder why, and here's what I think happens when we give ourselves away, don't have a under, bigger understanding of sex and the beauty and the gift and what God designed it for. Um, because my body was used as an attractive way, a way to manipulate or control or to confirm or affirm my value or worth, um, that in outside of marriage, it was the thing that was active inside marriage. It becomes the scary place. Mm. It totally becomes like the very thing that I couldn't wait to have freely have and be chosen by a man who's not going to leave me and not going to whatever. I now go, I'm so uncomfortable. Like this feels like violating. And then Francie, you know, my story of like my husband being an atheist for 10 years as I was growing in the Lord. So not only was the physical connection hard, but the spiritual connection hard. It was like a a battle zone. But now as we're on the other side of his spirituality and like, he really is the greatest man. Like I love him so much. I feel like he's like my boyfriend. Mm. Even in that, I still find myself like feeling vulnerable or like, "Ah, why is it just can't release myself. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And then I know we're not saying Francie's not a therapist, a sex therapist or any of that, but I just, as a friend go, what do you, what do you say? Like, tell me something, Francie, teach me something, inspire me something that would be like, here's the beauty of the gift that maybe I think the enemy has tried to like cloud my mind. I think that's how I would like to frame it is let's look at the gift. Cause I haven't arrived either. Um, and none of us like have fully arrived. I think that there is the garden ideal and there was God's dream. And I like to think about the garden and God's dream. And I like to posture myself into a place where I can find more healing so that I can walk more and more into the redemptive story that God has for me. And so I just want to position that for anybody who's listening, who's like, well, you know, Francie's podcast is called heaven in your home. What's that about? Or she's talking about this idea of marriage that seems so unattainable. My home doesn't feel like heaven or my marriage doesn't feel like that. Well, that's okay because our invitation is to constantly come to Jesus with those things that you just mentioned. I'm not there, Jesus. I feel vulnerable. I don't feel the freedom. What is that? Paying attention to that in ourselves with the Holy Spirit, with a trusted friend, with a counselor, so that we can continually shake off the lies. Because here's what's at stake, Elisa, is that I believe, this is the big vision, is that God created sex not only for procreation and not only for pleasure, but to be a launch pad for multiplication of anointing and fruitfulness for the kingdom. Oh, say that again. Say that again. Take that. Not only for procreation, 
It's not only for pleasure. It is to be a launch pad for fruitfulness for the kingdom. Because in the beginning, and this is why, I mean, it sounds cliche, but I think it's so tempting. The enemy plays us. It's so tempting to give yourself away before marriage. But in when you're in the covenant of marriage, when two are to become one, that is actually supposed to be a revelation of Jesus's heart for us. It's this visible sign of invisible reality is the gift of marriage. And then you take it a step further into intimacy, physical oneness, that two would become one. Why? So that you can be fruitful, multiply and take dominion together, starting your bedroom that ripples out to the culture of your home and your living room and the conversational tone of your family and the quick repentance and the power encounters in your kitchen, like the culture of your home is, can be directly linked back to the culture of your bedroom. And God wants to invade all of it because he wants heaven to fill our homes. Because when heaven fills our homes, then we are launched out into the world with a unique power to bear fruit for him in every sector of society because things are aligned. And I think it's okay if we're not there, but that was his dream, I think, is that he created a man and a woman in his image because he has so many wonderful revelations of his heart. He marked them on us, on our bodies. He said, male, female, when you're fully alive, you'll see parts of me. Intimacy, sex, oneness, when you come together, you'll see parts of me. You'll see this design of ecstasy and pleasure that at my right hand are pleasures forevermore. Like we think sex and pleasure, oh, maybe a little kinky, maybe a little weird. No, it's actually holy. Pleasure points us to the reality that, oh, in heaven, there is pleasure that blows my mind. And it's this reclaiming of the bedroom, reclaiming of intimacy and marriage because it's supposed to be a place of God revelation. And the enemy does not want the gospel to be revealed through our bodies. And we see it through what you're doing with fitness, but it's also true in our bedroom that there is a revelation of the gospel that was designed to come through our bodies. This idea of the bride and the bridegroom and, and receptivity of a woman's body and the pursuit with a man's body, like even in the anatomy of male and female, there is the gospel being displayed because we are image bearers. And the enemy does not want a revelation of Jesus to be filling bedrooms, to be filling homes. And so there are all these darts flying at us. And I, that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about inner healing and bringing the Holy Spirit into all these conversations because he wants to bring a revelation of his heart to all these places that have been drowned out with shame and fear and bondage. Really, there is a heaven breaking forth moment that we're invited to when we see sex a different way. And now I know why our deep work podcast is so popular. It's because you're teaching, Francie. So good. I mean, come on. Okay. I'm going to ask the question that if, like, if I bring my you know, offering to someone's podcast and share the revelation that I have when it comes to the body and the breath and the movement and the stillness and like what the body can do. And then the, the question that will always get asked of me, which I'm ready to, to say or have an answer for is, what do you say to the person that hears you and knows they need to start? Like, where do they start? Where, how can they on-ramp in a way that doesn't feel too much, right? Or doesn't scare the poop out of them? Yeah. Well, one thing that I love about Jesus is that he is gentle and he's Mm. patient. If you look at the Love is gentle and kind and long-suffering, and he never rushes us 
into our healing. He's not in a hurry to get us fixed. Mm. He just wants to be close to us. And he wants to be invited into the process. And so I would say even just start paying attention to your heart. If your heart is leaping with joy right now, go deep with God. Explore this stuff. Do some study. If your heart's quaking with fear and pain, just pay attention. That's the first step is just pay attention to what happens. And that's that's your signal of an on-ramp into a conversation with the healer. Because I'm not the healer and I'm not a counselor. I am one who has sat on a couch night after night looking for the healer and I found him and he's Mm -hmm. still finding me. And you know, Elisa, we're friends in real life. And so we're still working out healing in our own home. Mm -hmm. And so I don't come to you as someone who's achieved all of this. I come to you as someone who's reaching for this, believing with all my heart that the gospel has been written on our bodies and that I am not going to let that go. I'm not going to let my children grow up into another generation of believing the lies that I believed. And there's more for us because the kingdom is working its way into all of it. There's nothing off limits for the healing of God. So tell us how does this play itself out practically in your home? Now again, Gracie, tell us like how, I think you said, mentioned something a while ago I'd like you to share about, then you mentioned the couch. Wasn't there something early on in your marriage where you guys had a couch and uh, I just love this story. And again, we're not, this is like, let's let it inspire you or however it could bring you into conversation with your house. But go ahead, share that story. Yeah, so we we call it the pink inner healing couch because it was our first year of marriage. And we realized as we were leaning in, I think that's what one thing that happens, even what you alluded to in your marriage, when you get close to somebody like a covenant of marriage, stuff mm-hmm. comes up. And our wounds start to come to the surface. And if we are not careful, well, we really can't even help it. Our wounds start wounding people. And so our next step is we can either just keep wounding people and just make our, you know, living room a bloodbath, or we can come together and say, Lord, oh, we're making such a mess. Will you come sit with us on this couch? And even just the simple prayers of Lord, what lies am I believing about myself? what shame am I carrying around? You know, that's usually the root of it is I'm carrying around some deep shame that's preventing me from opening up to you or to new ideas or to healing or what lies am I believing or where do I need to repent to you? Where do I need to repent to my spouse? And so we had a lot of those conversations where we invited the Holy Spirit in to reveal what lies we were believing that was causing the conflict that was causing so much pain. And we would sit on that couch because we would, it would suddenly be like, he's shut down. I'm shut down. There was a couple like sharp elbows of just sharp (laughs) words, you know, we're hurting each other. We don't want to. That's the last thing we want to do. And we would meet with Jesus on this pink inner healing couch. And then, you know what we would do, Elisa? Mm -hmm. We would take what we talked about on a spiritual level, on a mental level, emotional level, and then we would go confirm it on a physical level. Mm -hmm. And we would go have sex. Mm -hmm. And what drew us into intimacy so much that first year, we, we we were intimate almost every day of that first year of our marriage because we realized that we were not just like casually married, we were fighting for unity and we were fighting for healing. And we realized the more we had sex, the more unity was building, the more graciousness there was, more kindness there was because we were, we were constantly leaning into vulnerability. We were constantly opening up and that's uh, what great sex is, is it's an, a vulnerability and opening up a receptivity, a giving an honoring. And if sex is anything other than that, that's, that's, that's like, that's, 
perverted sex, but an yeah, intimate knowing right. of each other brings unity and unity always bears fruit. And so we found ourselves going from that pink inner healing couch to the bedroom, couch to the bedroom to continually resolve and confirm and affirm the truths that we were saying with our mouths, with our bodies. And so that is one, one practical is um, leaning into God, leaning into the healer, and then leaning into sex, maybe even when you don't feel like it, because I think that's another lie we have in our culture is that sex is about date night or romance or um, desire or drive or libido and getting it just right. And it's actually about forging a path of unity and oneness with our bodies that echoes our spiritual oneness that we were designed to have. And is it pleasurable? Yes. Is it amazing? Yes. Is it fun? Yes. But is it always we're having sex because we can't wait to be with each other? No, it's we choose sex because we choose connection because we were made to live in unity and unity bears fruit. That's so good. I'm taking notes because Francie's speaking. (laughs) Hey, okay. Now... What do you say to the girl? Because <laughs> six or seven years ago, I didn't have a husband that would sit on a couch with me and listen to my deepest heart. It was, we, he emotionally shut down. Um, what, do you, what do you say to that, that woman? Do you have anything that the Lord could um, inspire you to share? You know, um, we have... I'll just say we've been through a really difficult season in this last year with some health problems. And I would say that I felt quite alone a lot of days. And I think mm-hmm. it's hard when your, your other half is going through something, how do you keep your equilibrium and not get taken out with them or shut down by them, but staying true to the heart of God and letting him be your husband, first of all, because yeah. biblical truth, he Amen. is your first love and you can't get your needs met in the man you're married to or the woman you're married to. The Lord is our keeper. And so I would say first go to him and ask him how he wants you to love your spouse, because God is going to give you keys to loving your spouse that might just unlock their heart in a way that would surprise yep. you. And it might be opening up vulnerably in physical intimacy. It might be giving yourself in sex when, you know, it might not be your first choice, but loving someone with your body in a selfless way, not an abusive way, in an selfless way does something powerful to that person and it melts their heart. And I would say there's plenty of scriptures that talk about, you know, honoring your spouse. And if you have an unbelieving husband, just continually honoring him and, and he will be won over by your faithfulness basically. But I think the biggest thing is knowing that the Lord is your victorious warrior and he is mighty to save. And he is in your midst. The beginning of this really challenging season, it's been about three years of constant challenge. It's like been a marathon um, storm. It feels like in our in our season of life. And, um, the Lord told me right at the beginning, he cupped my face and he said, Francie, do not be afraid. Do not let your hands be weak. The Lord, your God is in your midst. He is mighty to save. He is your victorious warrior as Zephaniah 316. And I was so gracious, grateful that he gave me that word at the beginning. I've clung to that word as I've continued to venture out into my own healing and believe God for higher levels of healing in our home and working out the healing that we need on a physical level and some serious challenges that we've been having that are quite scary and make me feel alone. And he told me, I am in your midst. So if the Lord almighty is your victorious warrior, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Lean into him and you can trust him without needing to control the scenario. And you can trust him to give you the battle strategies for love in your home. Yeah. 
you started talking and um, I started crying because I can remember guys, and you know, my story of when my husband, my husband's spirit was far from, far from God. So sex at that time felt so mechanical. There was nothing because sexuality, sex, sex is just intimacy, unity. Like you said, like two becoming one under one God. And it's so, um, it's, it's, it's just amazing when it's that, but at that time we were like, it, it felt sometimes like I'm like sleeping with the enemy legitimately because at that point he was anti-God, atheist, hater, hated the ministry. It was really, really, really dark time. And now I look back and just so we all know, we don't fight flesh and blood. Satan was using my husband to try and keep this podcast today from going out into the world. So ha ha, God, God did win. He is mighty to save. And he did. That's a funny verse that you would say that because I remember thinking to the Lord, like this marriage is going down like a fire. I had a vision of just a plane on fire going down with my family on board. Like it's going down. And, and the song Mighty to Save was out at that time. And it came on on the radio and I was like, okay, this is it. There's really nothing left. You've got to, you got to do what you do. But I will say what I'm saying in light of that is that I did stay faithful to the covenant in the marriage and I stayed and I stayed and I would lay down and give my body. But I remember at one point the Lord said to me, as it felt very mechanical and as an act of sex, start praying over him like right now. And it was the most like vulnerable thing to like pray. I'm not, not speaking it, but I'm, I'm thinking it. I am thinking prayers and as Francie said, it, I know now that it was something that unlocked his heart because no words were needed. It was, it was two in one and God was going to in, infiltrate, infiltrate that darkness with light. And so now I think that was, it was a big turning, like and it didn't happen overnight. It just was the only thing I could do to kind of go, okay, I'm going to be obedient to this marriage. And it sucked. I will tell you, didn't like wasn't great. wasn't great sex. It wasn't, it was just mechanical, but obedient. Um, but now on the other side of it, of coming through what God has provided us with, it's fun. And there's a lot more, it's definitely more connection, but even in, I still feel like I'm still healing. I'm still healing from what I brought into the marriage and my own response of, of vulnerability and like, my own lies and still healing from that very dark 10 years. There's just a lot of things that still like layers of coming off my heart. But every time we do become one, like another layer can come off, another layer can come off. Um, but Satan tries to, you know, create as much more to try and keep us apart from each other for a length amount of time. So I've heard, what do you think of these um, challenges or women? Like I have a couple women on our team who have like, done like a full month of sex every night for 30 days or something like what are your thoughts on those those ideas oh I think they're great um I have never really I I have kind of said the what if challenge in the past like what if you leaned into more connection I'm not about like putting a number on anybody because everybody's in a yeah. different way but um sure. just examining where are we? Are we having sex once a month? What if you had sex once a week? What would happen? What would happen mainly if you leaned in when you're tempted to lean out? I think that's, that's one good. of my biggest tips is marriage is hard and you get, you're so vulnerable, but because we have a God that covers us, you can safely lean into love when you're tempted to lean out. And I do want to say, like, I never suggest any of this if you're in an abusive relationship. And I think that's right. 
Um, I just want to say that if you're in a marriage where your spouse is mean, where they're hateful, where they degrade yeah. you, get help. I'm not yeah. saying lean into yeah. somebody who is awful to you. Don't be yeah. a martyr. You are valuable and God has designed yeah. you to be fully alive in love. And that's not love. But if you're just kind of struggling and we're all just trying to make it and we're tired and, you know, we've kind of lost contact because of all the kids or whatever is your season, lean in, choose to lean in because it's that choice to connect that brings the, makes the pathway clear for unity and unity makes way for multiplication of God in your home. It's so hard to parent from a place of disunity. It's hard to go from to work and do the things God's created yeah. to do when you're disconnected. It's hard to go into ministry and do the things because you're always thinking we're not quite right. But when you've come together physically and when you're leaning towards each other, imperfect as that may be, it just shatters the enemy's plan for division because he yeah. wants to divide us in our homes, in our ministry, but in especially in the most intimate microcosm of the church. If there's unity in a marriage, it just domino effects. Um, it domino effects for the kingdom and it's really powerful. So lean in. I think the challenges are fun. We do schedule sex. Um, in a lot of seasons, we'll just say, Hey, you know, it doesn't sound very sexy, but it actually is awesome because a, it builds anticipation. Cause you know, totally these nights it's going to happen. And yeah, so you yeah. can kind of be thinking mentally ahead of time. You can make space in your calendar. So you don't feel so cramped that evening. Um, and then the other nights it actually takes some pressure off. Cause you know, Oh, we're just going to cuddle up and read or whatever. And there's not that question of, does he want it? Does she want it? That back and yeah. forth. It's yeah. a little practical, but I think scheduling sex is awesome because it's really you're scheduling connection, just like you would a date night or for your kids scheduling their appointments, whatever they need to keep healthy. You need to schedule yeah. point connection points for your marriage to stay strong. Totally. There's a big there's a big purpose for your marriage. So good. Anything else that you would want a listener to know, Francie? Oh my goodness. It's just so fun talking to you. I know we could keep talking like, we just, we let me just, but I don't know. Some of it, I'm starting to cry. I'm like <laughs> getting into places. Francie speaks. I start writing notes and then I cry. Oh, I think the so biggest good. thing is that I have it really imprinted on my heart that Jesus wants to manifest himself in our homes and the secret place has a direct correlation to the public place. And just like Jesus says, go into the secret place and pray. And then you'll be equipped to go into the public place. The secret place of your marriage is just as profound because what happens when nobody's looking actually is where the anointing builds for when everybody's looking. And if you fight for your connection and if you fight for intimacy and unity and you lean in together and you sit on that inner healing couch and you say, God, we're a mess. Would you heal us? All of that work will bear fruit and all of the commitment to lean in and choose connection and have sex when you want to also lean in and say, let's, let's have sex, babe. I don't really want to, I don't really want to, I'm, I'm exhausted. Let's do it anyway, because we know that unity brings fruitfulness and it's a gift from God that he gave us to bring more, a revelation of himself around us. That's a really big concept. We could get into it another time, but it, it's just true. He marked us with his image that we would reflect him all over our bodies, not just in the spiritual things we do, but in everything with our, we do with our bodies, love is to be manifested. So good. I have a feeling quite a bit of people are going to have some sex tonight. <laughs> good. Okay, good. Turn, turn up some unity in the kingdom tonight. So good. Okay. Before you go, I like to ask these fun one-off questions. So people just know you as a person. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Um, favorite type of workout? 
Ooh, I would say um, lately I've been doing a lot of breathing for my workouts, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of deep breathing, totally. deep stretching. And I have joined this year a boot camp at my um, local gym, which has been really fun because it gives me local friends that we work out three times yeah. a week. And it's yeah. like I have friends at the gym, which has become a really sweet place of connection and totally. love that um, yeah. I know people that are outside of my regular circle. So I've been loving my boot camp class this That's year. That's fun. Yeah, there's no substitute for flesh and blood. Although I know you use Redwall TV and like Redwall Word Redwell. and all those things. They're great. But it's great, but to have actual community of gathering a plate of people, especially it's just a good atmosphere. And I do have to say, Alisa, you're famous in our home. And I, I uh, went out for this interview today to get a quiet spot to interview. And all my kids said, say hi to Alisa. The hope and love bringer in our kitchen on the podcast. And we do your workouts and the kids join me. And I just love it for that, that they can join me and get some doses of freedom. Amen. Okay. Favorite pair or favorite brand of yoga pants. Oh, girl, you know what? I just do Target because I don't have time to go to Lululemon. (laughs) (laughs) Francie has how many kids? You have like a bajillion. How many kids? Yes, we have six. We have five biological and one adopted. And I just walk by the sale rack at Target while I'm getting a gallon of milk and see whatever's cute. And (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Get it done. That's so good. Okay. And then coffee, tea, or kombucha? Ooh. You know what? Lately amazing grass. Ooh, was that like green grass? Like the shots? Yeah. It's like this powder and it's, um, I, it's become my replacement for everything. And so I drink it every morning. And then in the afternoon is my little pick me up treat. It's watermelon flavored. They have one that tastes like grass, but this one has bits of watermelon powder in it and it's yummy. And what's it do? What's its benefits? Um, It's got like a million good things for you in it and a little bit of energy. So it's got a bit of like, um, green tea, but honestly, after I had my last baby, uh, number six, coffee kind of made me feel funny. Mm. And so I started drinking that and it's become a gift to me. So okay, very cool. All right. Well, before we go, everyone, if you need to know, and I've said it a few times, but maybe you didn't know who Francie Winslow is because I've been promoting the fact that Rest in Rebuild is happening September 13th through the 17th. Francie Winslow, you've heard me say it. This is Francie Winslow. She is going to be at Rest and Rebuild doing a workshop on, what is it? What's the title of it? Do you remember? Or we still, I can't remember. We titled it essentially though, like the multiplication effect of sex. Mm, It's going to be so, so good. So uh, Rest and Rebuild is not a women's only retreat. We've had marriage. We've had uh, couples come um, last year was our first one. The couples that came just amazing what God did in restoring marriage and redeeming marriage and giving them fresh start and love for each other. Oh, so good. So please consider coming and um, Francie will be there and you'll get to meet her face to face. I can't wait for that. That'll be fun. Yes, it will be. So good. All right, you guys, Francie, I love you. Hey, before we go, would you pray for the listeners? Absolutely. God, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you that you are so kind and gentle to us that even in this topic that can be so deeply difficult on so many levels because you live in our bodies and we were made to be so connected to you in our bodies and we were made to be whole. And when anything 
hurts us, it wounds us to the core because that's how valuable our bodies are. And when we get hurt sexually, it is so impactful in a, in a hard way because we were made to be so fully alive sexually. We were made to be fully knowing you, even in our gender and our sexuality. And we just yes. ask for a refilling in that place. We ask for healing. I just release healing over every yes. heart and ear that's listening, over every marriage, a realignment, a reset a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit on this topic to renew our minds so that we would think like you think about our bodies and about our gender and about our sexuality and about our marriage and the garden potential that you dreamed way back in the garden that a man and a woman marked by your very image would live on the earth as beautiful, powerful dominion dwellers reflecting your image so that the world would be filled with your glory. I just ask that every home that is represented by the listeners on this podcast would be filled with a tangible sense of heaven, of a culture of heaven. And that as we learn to cultivate healing and fullness in our marriages, that the shifts that are happening in our homes would be tangible and that we would see you, Jesus, manifest in our homes and our families. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.